Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Untamed Life podcast. My name is Christine Jewell. As always, thrilled to be here, especially excited about the topic that we are diving into today because we are talking warriors, battles, how to overcome them. This is episode two of a three-part series that I didn't realize I was going to do last week when I rolled out the last episode, but so much has been coming out of that that I decided to create two additional podcasts to support that. So today, uh, what I really want and desire for you is that your eyes will be open to the obvious and not so obvious, in fact, very sneaky ways that the enemy throws tactics at us that steal our focus, steal our energy, steal love from our lives, steal the fulfillment you know, from our work, and in turn, rob you of your destiny and your legacy. And this is so key because you are listening to this because you're a warrior. You know that you are here on purpose for a purpose. You know you're created for more. And I got news for you. If you know that, then, you know, there's an enemy that knows that that does not want you to fulfill your destiny, right? It's a huge threat. So I'm going to dig into this. And it's really important that we don't stick our head in the sand and pretend like there's no opposition because, of course, there's opposition, right, to all great things, right? It's not just an easy-peasy roller coaster, you know, just stroll in the park, everything's sunshine and light and rainbows. No way. There's opposition that stretches us. There's opposition that tries to disorient us as we're going to figure out. And so I want you to really tune in today if you are experiencing battles in your life at home, in your health, in any area right now, all you need to do is look around the world. We are in a massive battle for humanity, um, for unity. There's a lot of division happening. So whatever you know lane you want to apply this to, this is really important right now. You guys are here, as I mentioned, on purpose, for a purpose. And I just know from my own life that nothing is more frustrating. Nothing is more frustrating than knowing that, right? Knowing that you have these desires in your heart to like create peace in your home, to, to step into your God-given mission, to really fully love and yet feeling that and being in the resistance, right? The resistance that feels like it's blocking us. And I'm going to share a couple dreams, recurring dreams that I always had as a child in a minute around this very specific thing. But 
How does the resistance show up? Well, you know, it shows up as drifting off course. Like we talk a lot about the drift, the mindless sort of going through the motions of life. And we're drifting because we followed someone else's plan, someone else's agenda, someone else's dreams, the ways of the world. We talked about that as warriors of the world. Many of us have been conditioned to be chasing, striving for, chasing the wrong thing. And we end up drifting, right? And we know it. We know it. There comes a moment where you wake up and you're like, what am I doing here? You know, and we do this in our relationships where we just drift in our marriages. We drift as a parent and we wake up and something rattles us because something happens in our relationship that scares the crap out of us. Maybe there's a threat to leave. Maybe there's the fighting doesn't end. Maybe it's you're going through something with your teenagers and you're like, what, how did we get here, right? Another frustration is is knowing that like you are working towards your destiny and I suffer from this a lot, you know, I I can relate to this one a lot, but it feels like, you know, sometimes your destiny's outrunning you, right? Your heart for service, your heart, your desire is so big, but you feel like there's like this resistance and all these blocks along the way and you're fighting your way through it and you're you're overcoming and you're constantly, you know, pushing through, but You know, it's kind of like the analogy I like to use is like, if we're building a house and all we've got is a screwdriver, you know, you've got a screwdriver and a hammer, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of energy. You're probably going to run out of physical energy, physical ability, capacity long before that house gets built. When we are holding on to the wrong tools, the wrong strategies, the wrong tactics, things are just hard exhausting. There's a lot of resistance. It also feels like we're fighting a war with a pool noodle, right? We're just swinging like crazy and our (laughs) energy's draining us. And we're like, I am not making any progress here, right? Trying to cut through a forest, you know, with a pair of scissors instead of having a machete that moves. So we're talking about having the right tools, the right strategies, the right eyes to see what's going on so that the path can be cleared for you, my friends. The path can be cleared. I've said this. I'm going to say it again. You're going to hear me say it over and over again that there is indeed a battle inside. A battle is waging in each and every one of us. The battleground is in the mind, and that is why we must, must, must be aware of what happens there right? We know this. The battleground is in the mind, and the battle is for your heart, right? The battle is for your heart because the heart is the gateway to the soul. And when you win the heart, you win the soul. So even though we talk about the mind being the battleground, make no mistake about it. The battle is for your soul, for your heart, for your life, for your children's life. I'm going to share real quick that Cherokee legend of the two wolves, right? And I'm sure you've heard this before, but I just love it. And it goes like this. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, The other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, 
serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a moment, and then he asked his grandfather, Which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, The one you feed. I love that story. I love that story. I refer to it so much. I know that every single one of us, regardless of where you live, regardless of what's going on in your life, you can relate to that story. So we're going to unpack the story of the two wolves. We're going to dive into a little bit of Sun Tzu, the art of war. And we're going to talk about the seven tactics, seven tactics. There are many. I'm going to dive into seven enemy tactics that are literally feeding the wolf, the evil wolf inside our minds that is winning the battle of our minds. So at the end, as always, you know, I have a gift for you today. I actually have a new download for you to help you unpack some of these things. So make sure you stay till the end to grab that from the show notes. I love giving you guys calls to action because, you know, knowledge is useless unless it's applied, right? So um, stick around for that. I got something for you. So let's let's dive in. I want to actually start. I started with that story, and now I'm going to shift into my own personal story. I want to share with you some You know, first of all, why am I talking about warriors and battles all the time? Why so much? No, it's not just because I am enchanted with these stories, because I like to live in fairy tales, or I resonate with certain archetypes. For me, the warrior story, the warrior life is very personal. It is in me. It's who I am. It's who I've been my entire life. And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, it's in you. I've worked with way too many people throughout the years that have been battling their weight, you know, autoimmune disease, battling in relationships, battling for self-worth, battling addiction. I've witnessed my own father's addiction. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, that the wars are for real. And unless we become acutely aware of who we serve, who we're fighting against and what we're fighting for, we will continue to find ourselves exhausted in these battles. So as always, I invite you guys to, to rise up and become a different type of warrior, one who has eyes wide open, who's paying attention, who knows the course ahead, who knows who they serve and knows the opposition and picks up the right tools, the right weapons, the right strategies. Otherwise, you're running naked on the battlefield, my friends. So I want to backtrack about, mm, it's probably 37, 38, maybe 40 years of my life. And when I was a girl, when I was a young girl, I would very consistently have these dreams, the same three dreams over and over and over again. In fact, you know, they were so familiar that I wasn't sure if it was dream state or reality. I was so convinced, like it was so viscerally real. I think I experienced these as visions awake 
and in my dreams. So the first dream was that I could fly. I used to have this recurring dream over and over again that I could fly. And I'm actually not surprised to this day that I didn't try to jump off of a building or some some rooftop or something when I was a kid because a thousand percent, I can tell you, I can feel it in my body what it feels like to be flying the way I used to fly in my dreams. And it wasn't like the kind of flying that was like an eagle or a bird or a butterfly sort of soaring straight over the land. It was more of a lifting up. So I'm curious if you're listening, I, you know, if you're not in the Warriors of the Heart Facebook group, I mean, get in there and let me know if you've had similar dreams. But I used to have this dream that no matter where I was, if something was going on, something scary, like I was coming up to a cliff or I needed to reach higher or something scary was around me, I would be able to like flap my arms almost, you know? It was kind of a combination between swimming and flying. I could literally feel the energy move around me as I rose higher and higher and higher. And I could, I had this ability, this capacity to go like super high, up, like straight up. And then I would look down over the landscape of where I was and I would be able to see all these different things. And then I would be able to decide where I wanted to land. And I remember this dream so vividly, you guys. I remember it so vividly as I'm explaining it now. I feel the feeling of being able to just lift right up out of any situation. And the second dream that I would have recurring over and over again was that I would be running, running to get somewhere, running to get away from something. I would be running either towards or away from something, usually either really excited or fearful, and my feet would get stuck like glue. It was almost like a quicksand, like there was this thick mud, but I wasn't sinking, right? I wasn't going down. I wasn't like you know, going into a deep pool, it's just I couldn't move. It was literally like this thick gunk was holding me and I was pulling and pulling and pulling on my feet and I would exert so much energy and try to move myself forward and nothing would happen. I would sit there until I was exhausted and I would literally almost collapse. And the third dream I would have on a recurring basis is that I would be in a situation where something scary would come at me. It would either be an animal or a person, or I would be in a room full of people, and I would need to yell for help, yell to alert other people of what was happening, yell to share something. I would need to vocalize something, and I would be opening my mouth, and nothing would come out. And I remember the feeling of literally nights and after nights after night, I would wake up and I would feel like I was screaming and it was literally like (sighs) just air coming out in my throat. It was like something had a noose around my throat. Interestingly, for years and years after that, I had chronic strep throat and all kinds of other throat issues that manifested as a, (laughs) as, as I came to know much later because of all the blockage around the communication as a child. But this has been my journey. So these three dreams together, you know, now when looking back, I know exactly what they meant, right? I know exactly what they meant. I grew up in a home that was a battleground. I've mentioned many times, my dad was an alcoholic and you never, never knew what you were going to get. Sometimes it was very joyful and lighthearted and fun. And a lot of times it was violent, verbally violent, physically violent, terrifying, like didn't know if you were going to crash and get killed in a car, didn't know like if something was going to get thrown at you, 
uh, just very volatile, unpredictable. And I, I was journaling about this the other day. That's the reason why I'm sharing this story. As I was journaling about the contrast in my life, my mom was, you know, this very soft, meek sort of, you know, personality that was always, you know, trying to pacify and create peace at home and soothe my dad and nurture us and protect. And she's very much a nurturer that way. And at the same time, I would witness and I would be like, why aren't you taking us out of this situation? Like, why are we still here? And, And I remember as a little girl, knowing that I could always pull myself out right? As you guys know, those of us who've grown up in homes where there's physical or emotional abuse, you you can split off. You can start to pull yourself out of what's going on in your environment and, and rise above it, right? So that you can continue to live and operate. And I remember being able to just disconnect and lift and go right above it and go into my own place. And this has actually become one of my greatest gifts, And one of the things that I ended up teaching people is how to disconnect from what's happening in the external environment, how to go within and go up and rise above it to see what's actually going on and how we can start to, uh, you know, show up differently and start to co-create a different reality in on earth, right? In our homes, in our families and stuff like that. But this started at a very young age. That feeling of wanting to run and escape and move towards something that I was excited about or run from something I was scared of and not knowing how to move forward. That feeling of being stuck, as I'll share in these enemy tactics in a minute, I knew that feeling well for many years, and that ensued well into my late 30s, well into my 30s of like wanting to run, you know, just having this strong desire and pushing, pushing, striving so much energy, exhausting myself, making some progress. But I always knew I'm not moving how I'm supposed to be moving. This is not right. There's way too much resistance. There is something holding me back. Something has a hold on me. And I can say that today through the work that I've done, that mud underneath my feet has dissipated. I literally, you know, have felt it dissipate and dissolve. And what it, what I, the best way I can describe it now after doing the work that I've done is to It feels like very light. Where my legs were heavy, I'm now very light. And it's almost as if I'm running like a gazelle on top of this grass where it's it's like my feet are touching the earth, but it's not... You know, it's not a hard run. It's very light. It's very fluid. I love that vision of a gazelle. You know, for all those years I was training, I would always imagine that I was a gazelle and running light in my body, light in my spirit, filled with joy fast, but not forcing and just sort of lightly touching the earth as I skim along the top. I'm still very much here. And I talk about this a lot. You know, we're on this, we're in this earth, we're on this planet at this time. We can't just escape, but we can learn to be light, light in our spirit, light in our bodies, light in our heart, light on our feet, and yet be firmly planted. And that is where I'm at today. And the the dream has really transformed. And this is the reality and the experience in my body. And the third dream of being able to speak, obviously, you know, now I'm doing this podcast, but again, I had to go through, you know, the work to open my throat, to find the desires deep in my heart, to unlock the the communication and the expression. And today, here I am sharing with you 
you know, the desires that God has placed on my heart, the, the you know, accumulation of my high-performance coaching, my holistic health and performance training throughout the years, all of the mindset coaching I've done, the embodiment work, working with mentors and clients, and it's the accumulation of all, all of these things being expressed. And I just wanted to share that because today I'm in a very different place because I became radically aware radically aware that this resistance, this mud, this thick guck under my feet that constantly felt like it was holding me back, this inability to express who I authentically am, which, you know, obviously I'm still very much in the process of discovering the voice of the woman in this season of life and what God is wanting me to share and the accumulation of my experiences. I'm still very much in refinement and process. I think that's never ending. But, you know, it really started to transform when I got clear on a couple things, you know, number one, we are in a game. We are in a game. We are in a battle. And, I, you, you know, as long as you think like, no, no, I just have to make things happen. I There is no enemy. There is no opposition. It's just on me. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be in force forever because that is big lie number one. Enemy tactic number one is, you know, deceit. And a lot of people believe that there is no enemy which is ridiculous. There is an enemy, right? And some people call it ego. You know, some people call it flesh. Some people call it our shadows. Some people call it the devil, Lucifer, Satan. You know, I believe that it is a dark entity that is rooted, you know, in the Luciferian system that is 100%. The thief comes to kill and destroy. We are told that in John 10, 10. So, you know, we are told that we have great work to do. You're here on purpose for a purpose. I put gifts in you, and there's going to be opposition. So if we ignore the fact that there is, and we think we're going to have to figure it all out ourselves, that's how we lose right out the gate. So that was the first thing, and I've talked a lot about that, right? So we got to understand the game we're playing, the battles we're fighting for, what we're here to do, and how the enemy works, right? To me, that it's like that force that works against us, that wants to rob our energy, rob our time, rob our resources, rob the blessing and destiny God has for us. And, and the third piece of that is understanding what our part in it is. And in the next podcast that I host, I'm going to talk about how to win the day. And again, this is very basic foundational things, but I'm going to talk about, yeah, how do we set ourselves up to win the battle of the day so that we stay on course, so that we stay focused, so that we have consistent energy? And obviously, I'm going to be unpacking a lot of that throughout this whole podcast, you know, many, many times, many, many different ways. But for today, we're going to get to know the enemy tactics. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to share this quote from Sun Tzu, and I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. From the art of war, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. You need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Whew, that is so potent. If you know the enemy and you know yourself, you do not need to fear the result of a hundred battles because you know that you know that you are a warrior. You know who you serve. You know the battle strategies. You know the enemy's camp. 
By the way, that's a great book. I'll refer to it. You know, The Art of War. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, which is very popular in the personal development world, there is no enemy. It's just you go get, right? It's very popular in a lot of the spiritual community. There is no devil. There is no evil. It's all just love and light. For every victory, you will suffer defeat. This is where you get into expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. You've been deceived. There's a distortion of truth. And we already know, if you know neither yourself— and you don't know your enemy, you're dead, (laughs) right? You're just being like shot at left, right, and center, and you're laying there on the ground wondering, what the heck is going on? Why can't I get myself together? Why do I have no energy? And we're totally disconnected. So this is the invitation. I don't know where you're at, you know, but this is the invitation to get to know how the enemy plays a little bit. Because I want you to think about what are you being called to create in your life right now? Is it an amazing relationship? Is it to fix your marriage? Is it to take control of your health? Is it to fiercely protect your children and what you know is true right now in this season that humanity is going through? You know, pay attention to that. We're going to dive into the seven Ds, right? The seven Ds, enemy tactics that are designed to rob you and steal your joy, your household, your energy, the blessings, the prosperity God has for you. Number one, distraction. And by the way, some of these will be so obvious, you'll be like, yeah, Christine, I know that, I know that. But how many times have you gotten distracted just listening to this podcast, checking your phone, checking your email, looking at something, thinking about something else? I I believe that the latest research I saw was that a person's attention span is like seven seconds which is crazy. I might be totally wrong on that. But that's, I believe, the last thing I heard. And I I hear about this a lot because obviously we talk about running ads and how to communicate to get people's attention, et cetera, et cetera. We're so conditioned. We're so bombarded with so much noise all the time from what everyone is thinking, from what everyone is doing. There's distraction, distraction, distraction. We work with, you know, a hundred open windows on our computer. We're hanging out with our family and we're thinking about 20 other things. So enemy tactic number one is to distract you. Why? Because we know if you're distracted, you're off course, right? You got off on the exit. If you're distracted, you're no longer focused on what matters most. You're no longer heading in the right direction. You're starting to move out of alignment. Just like when a tire goes out of alignment on a car, right? Or your ankle, you tear a ligament or something, right? You you got distracted. You look sideways. I talked about, you know, tearing ligaments in my ankle. I roll my ankle. I tear the ligament. Now what happens? Oh man, it's so much harder to move forward with ease. And it seems so subtle. This is like a sleight of hand. This is why I talk about being ruthless and relentless about practices to keep your boundaries in place. You know, simple things like only checking email at certain times a day instead of having it available to you 24-7. There's just too many opportunities for the enemy to get in and pull you off course. And we know this from the high-performance training that I've done, high-performance coaching that I teach, is that for every time we move away from the task at hand, it takes a minimum of 20 to 30 minutes to get refocused. More for tasks that require bigger decision-making, right? So if you're a CEO, an entrepreneur, an executive, person leading a team, and you're making big decisions, that requires a lot of brain power, a lot of energy. Your brain takes a lot of energy to run. 
Every distraction is costly. Every distraction costs you energy, costs you focus, costs you time, costs you resources. And so when someone says to me, well, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to take my wife on a date. I don't have time to deal with this thing. I'm like, let's just take a look at how much time you're spending on distractions. And let's just take some of your time back. Reclaim the territory of your time by not having so many gates open to distraction. Number two, distortion. Distortion is deceit. There is so much distortion right now in the world where everything that is right is turned into wrong and everything that is wrong is being inverted to be thought that it's right. This is how the enemy works. They take a piece of content, a piece of information, a piece of a story. It distorts it. It inverts it. That is how deceit is, isn't it? If something's 98% true, is it still true? If your kids tell you 98% of the story, but they leave out the 2%, (laughs) is it still truth? It's a lie. And that is how deceit and distortion works. It mostly looks good. It mostly is true. It can mostly be backed up, but something is off about it. And if you're connected and you are connected in your spirit, in your gut, this is why I talk a lot about cultivate gut instinct wisdom of your body. Get connected to the Holy Spirit. Tune in to the different ways that God speaks to us so that we can recognize when we are being deceived. Because it doesn't matter the words that are coming at us. It doesn't matter the information. We have to be able to tune into what's beneath it, above it, around it. Because numbers can be distorted, right? Like, How many of you out there listening are accountants or you work with numbers? Numbers are easily manipulated. You get paid to do that. Information is easy to manipulate. How many of you have been in an argument with your partner and you're both fighting about the same thing and you have very different interpretation of facts, right? Both of you would be sitting there saying, no, but I'm right. You're wrong. Well, which one is it? What really happened? So be careful of getting sucked in to things that are distortions of truth. And be very careful when you engage in conversations about what's right or wrong, what's logic or not, right? Because when we do that, we're entering again. We're fighting the same fire with the same fire. We're fighting about the wrong thing. We're arguing about the wrong thing. People are debating useless information that is not grounded in any truth. So be careful of that enemy tactic is the distortion of the truth. And to overcome this, really, you guys, and I'm going to talk about this, I'll probably do an entire episode, if not a series, on discernment, the wisdom to discern, right, between truth and deception. That is a gift. That is a gift. The discernment is the wisdom to know the difference. And we can cultivate discernment in any area of our life. It can be from hiring to the right person you're going to date to listening to information that's coming at you on the news. And you just know. You guys have supernatural senses available to you. So when we're distracted and we're distorted, we receive information that distorted. I want you to pay attention. Like if you're driving a car and you know Like, this is where I'm set to go, right? This is my final destination. But all of a sudden, I got distracted and I pulled off the exit ramp and all of a sudden, I see a sign and it's information, but it's a distorted sign. Now I'm disoriented. That's number three, disorientation, confusion, right? Congestion. 
A lot of people are running in a circle, driving in a circle because they're looking at the wrong signs, reading the wrong information, constantly distracted. And what they're doing is they're running in a circle like a hamster on a wheel and they're going, they're moving, they're putting out a lot of energy and they're exhausted. And the more they run, the more scared they become because the more tired they are and the more they realize they're not going anywhere, the more frustrating that is. And the more they start grasping outside of themselves for some sense of order, for some sense of direction. Whenever I catch myself in this, where I know maybe I'm working on a project or I'm spinning my wheels, I'm disoriented, right away, I have learned to pull the key out of the ignition, stop whatever I'm doing and pull out, get out. Whether it's a conversation, whether it's a project at work, whether it's a situation with the kids, it doesn't matter. Be mindful when you start feeling disoriented because that is an enemy tactic. Again, it congests our mind. It creates confusion. And I've said this before, but God speaks through clarity. God speaks through clarity. When you hear the voice of the Spirit, you just know that you know. When you're tuned in to the truth that it resides in you, you just know that you know. No one can talk you out of it. It's just like you know you love your kids, period. No explanation required. There's no confusion about that. There's no distortion. It just is. So if you don't have that level of conviction and you're still running around in a circle, that's something to check in with, loves. A reason why that disconnection happened is reason number four. The disorientation happens is reason number four. Fourth enemy tactic is disconnection, right? Literally pulling the plug from yourself, from God, from others. The enemy wants to break us apart. It wants to tear families apart, marriages apart, pull us away from our heart, start get us doubting, you know, our gifts, our mission, our desires, like there's something wrong with us. So much of this unworthiness, undeserving, unloving, unwhatever, right, comes from that. That is an attack on us, you know, and I just want to say for those of you who have felt very disconnected, you know, because... (sighs) I I can relate to this so much. I felt a lot of abandonment growing up because of the situation with my father. You know, he was not emotionally available. He wasn't physically available. I watched him try to commit suicide multiple times as a young child, once when I was five. And it was the most terrifying thing. And so early on, I just developed this like ingrained, embodied fear of men I was like, I can't trust them. They're probably going to leave you. They're going to hurt you. Like you've, And I was in this shell disconnected, right? And so I, I know this, but sometimes we, we go that way and we disconnect from ourselves as well. A lot of people disconnect from who they are because there's pain there. We don't want to feel that. It's too scary. And these are all lies. They're just, they start because we experience an event. There's a traumatic response. There's a distortion of truth that we embody. And the disconnection happens, and now we don't know how to get the connection back. So when we're feeling disconnected, you know, be careful, because that leads to the next one, which is divide. Divide and conquer, right? We know this. this is an enemy tactic. And these two go hand in hand. The division right now in our world is insane. It's insane. It doesn't matter what side you're on. What are we actually fighting for? See, when you get in the trenches, you become so blind that you're literally shooting at your own family. You don't even realize what's going on. You can't see clearly. You've been disoriented. You're distracted. You're listening to truth that's dis- distorted. 
And we don't even realize how fast this happens. But I've seen this in my own life and my relationships where division happens. And because there's belief, right, that you can't trust the other person, that you don't, you're not supposed to need the other person. There's a mistrust because we're told we're supposed to look after ourselves first, you know, that we can do everything we want. There's, there's mistrust that's developed because it's like, well, they're not keeping up the pace with me. Obviously, they're not driven enough. Obviously, they're not this enough, whatever. And all of these tactics are like arrows that are coming in and they're slowly piercing away the depth of relationship God has for you, the health and vitality God has for you, the mission that you're being called to go on. Be very careful. Where is there division in your home, in your mind, in your heart? Where is there disconnection? Don't ignore it. Don't stick your head in the sand. Pay attention. The last two things I want to say here is because when we become disconnected and we become divided and we start doubting, doubt is another one, doubt and fear, enemy tactics, right? Doubt and fear, doubt, doubt, doubt. You start doubting yourself. What am I doing? What am I even doing in this relationship? Nothing is working. Why am I even trying to do this? You know, and I've had doubt. I've had doubt creep in about this podcast because, you know, I'm like, oh, I want it. Of course, I want it to be, you know, reaching more people. And I am I saying the right things? And, and the doubt creeps in. But I know that that's an enemy tactic. And it's not my job to have it all figured out. And, you know, I'm not here to control the outcome. I'm here to be in obedience to the Spirit, to do my part, to say yes when opportunities show up. And then I got to move, right? I got to trust. So the doubt is real, right? Like the doubt creeps up. As long as you're human and you're on this planet and you have a mission and you have something worth fighting for and you have dreams and desires, you're going to have doubt. So don't even believe the lies that tell you you shouldn't doubt yourself. The bigger the mission, probably the bigger the doubt's going to creep in. The difference is going to be that you'll be able to recognize what it is and not say, oh, what's wrong with me and not become a victim to it and instead recognize it for what it is, which is just noise designed to distract you, to disorient you from, disconnect you from your heart that's on fire from this. It's just a tactic. When you see the arrow coming at you, you can start to move that arrow out of the way, right? You have a shield and you can move it and you clear the path. So the last thing here, you know, yes, doubt, yes, fear. And we get to be mindful of these enemy tactics. And again, I'm going to talk about ways to win and there's ways to overcome this. Number one, first of all, I always go back to the word. I go back to getting grounded in truth, right? And really radically rooting myself in that and being ruthless about setting up boundaries to protect the space of my mind, my heart, my body, right? And I'm going to dive into more of that next time. But the last thing I want to say here is number seven, enemy tactic is to disembody. And what I mean by this, this is sort of the accumulation of all the other ones that I talked about. At the end of the game, when people are distracted and they are disoriented and they have been listening to a bunch of lies and distortion for a long time and they have no ability to discern anymore because they're disconnected from God, they're disconnected from themselves, they don't know who to trust. When people are divided, it can feel like they're just sort of mindless, like, zombie going through the motions day in and day out, disembodied. So they're alive, they're breathing, they're going through their day. But this is where we see a lot of people that are medicated just to survive the day. Sedated, numbed out, domesticated, medicated, disembodied. 
right? They're just kind of like, they're breathing, their eyes are open, but you're like, hello, is anybody home? You guys, I've said this before too, the eyes are the window to the soul. When you look into somebody's eyes, you can see the life force that is in them. Have you looked into someone's eyes and looked and searched and searched and that soul flame has gotten so dim because that person has been living in this space for so long? isolated, disoriented, distraction. They're still alive, right? There is a way to fan the flame. There is a way to bring life force back. And this is why I believe for those of us who are aware of what's going on, it's our duty when we see it happening around us. You know, first and foremost, to make sure that we are cultivators of life force, that we stay very alive in our spirit, that the flame of the soul, people can see it when they look at us right? There is no doubt. There is nothing about you that's moving like a corpse. You're intentional with your moves, right? Be very careful when we start to sedate and numb out because we don't want to deal with pain, because we're overwhelmed, because whatever is going on in our life. I know that God will never give us more than we can handle, but we have to ask for help. We have to open our eyes, stop pretending like things aren't there, whether they're problems, whether it's pain, whether it's overwhelm, whatever it is, stop pretending it's not there. Once we look at it, we can do something about it, right? We become empowered instead of a victim. So I know that you guys are here, your warriors are listening to this because you are not a victim. You are someone who takes action. You are someone who knows you're here to do more, to to be more, to show up for more. And right now I'm saying like the world is desperate, desperate, desperate for real, authentic, clear leadership that is on course, that can see and is grounded in truth, that is connected to their spirit, connected to each other, connected to God, that is full of courage, which is the opposite of disheartened. Disheartened means you have lost faith, you're losing hope, you're losing heart. The world is desperate for leaders with heart. Women want a man with a heart. Men want a woman that is heartfelt that is able to receive them, not one that is cold and bitter, (laughs) right? You guys, we got to come together. Somebody's got to lead. And so I just invite you wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, you know, I want to say this again, the bigger the dream, the bigger the vision, the bigger the destiny, like every single person here listening has a legacy. You have a legacy. You're leaving something behind, whether you think you are or not. You already have a legacy. The question is, what is it? At any point, you could choose to leave something else behind. What your kids will say about you, what your teams will say about you, what you will be remembered for. Right now, you can course correct. And if you know that you're already on course and you want to be even more aligned, right? You want to just be like, nothing's going to get in my way. I'm going to stay in obedience to the Spirit. Pay attention to these tactics that I shared today because as I said in the beginning, we are very much in a battle. Every day we go out there, it's a game. And if you're putting on, you know, a hockey outfit to go play a football game, you're not dressed appropriately. If you're going out into the battlefield with a pool noodle, you got nothing to fight with, right? If you're pretending there's no enemy, you're running out naked in a forest. Like, I'm using all these analogies, hopefully, because you will understand. And I'm going to say one last thing, and I don't know how this will be received on the podcast, but whatever. Like, I'm just sharing what comes up to me. Isn't it ironic that right before I was about to record this podcast, I got 
an arrow sent my way from my ex-husband, right? And we have very different views on what needs to happen right now, what gets to happen around, you know, the freedom of choice of what we put in our body. And right before this podcast, he came to me and kind of put an ultimatum out around my son. And I just was like, it was such a fiery dart, right? And I I got heated up initially, but then I saw for what it was and I know what it is. But even before this podcast, because I'm about to talk about enemy tactics, what do you think comes at me? <laughs> and I sat there and I looked at it. I said, I will not let that thing distract me. I will not let it disorient me. I will not be disheartened. I will stay firm in what I know is truth. I'm moving on. I'm going forward. And I'm going to deal with it in the way that I trust, that I know, that I know, that I know I'm being led to deal with it. Period. Because there's so many times where we go to do something, right? Whether it's to meet with our team, to start a new project, to, you know, have a vulnerable conversation, our relationship, to say yes. You know, the amount of times that I've been about to work with clients and they're, they're saying, yes, I'm going to work with you as a coach. And then something comes up that's like, oh no, now this happened. Oh, now this happened. You know, something happened to my wife. Something happened to my son. Something happened to the car. Something happened. And I'm like, of course it did. Because you just made a conscious decision to level up, to expand, to stretch. Of course the enemy is going to come after you. Did you expect something different? Like, we have to be real about this. Because otherwise we're like, well, I'll just make these decisions at the right time, at a better time, in the perfect timing. And it's like, you know what? The right decision happens when we decide to say yes to the right thing. So I will leave us with this. I want to say this one more time. I know that you guys are here listening. I want to finish with this this quote again from The Art of War, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And before I do that, I want to remind you that I have a gift for you. I have just gone through these seven Ds, enemy tactics that rob you of your joy, your destiny, your energy, right? Your your mission, your purpose right now, enemy tactics. I have a downloadable PDF. You guys can download this. It's a worksheet. You can go through it. It's a great journaling prompt. By the way, this is great because as we bring awareness to these things, we're no longer hiding from them. We're no longer pretending they're not there. When things are out in the open, now we're in conscious decision of how we're going to handle them. And we can start to pick up tools and weapons to actually navigate, to protect, to move us forward. And um, so, you know, this is how we start to transform. Download the PDF in the show notes because, again, it's great to be inspired or motivated by listening to a podcast, but inspiration is not the same thing as transformation, which means you're changing form, right? You're changing the outcome. So applied knowledge is where it's at, loves. Applied knowledge is where this stuff goes from your head into your body when you take action um, on it. So my gift to you is the downloadable PDF today. You can grab that link in the show notes. I want to thank you again. And if you're not already in the Warriors of the Heart Facebook group, it's a great community of like-minded warriors at heart who are, you know, really here to lead extraordinary lives, deep love, courageous leadership. Head on over to the Facebook group. The link to that is in the comments as well. And I do pop in there with uh, additional trainings, as well as we have a monthly Q&A call, like an open Q&A, where we just get to connect, ask questions, ask me anything, and it's live. So do not miss that. I want to thank you guys again for being here, and I want to leave you with this quote, again, from Sun Tzu, The Art of War. If you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. 
if you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained you will also suffer defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Until next time, I will leave you with this Ephesians 6.10 that says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong. God, greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There is a great power available to you, available to me, available to us if we are choosing to opt in. Our God is so much bigger than what's before us, than the battle before us. It is time for us to stop relying just on the physical ways of the world and start accessing, embodying, you know, utilizing the supernatural tools available to us when we become, when we shift our allegiance away from the world and look up. So I want to thank you again for being here. Um, on the next podcast, I'm going to unpack seven ways to win your day, to win the battle. Um, but again, it's know thy enemy and know thyself, right? So until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously as we rise as warriors of the heart and lead the untamed life. My loves, it's the only life worth living. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.